We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Bogushevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Show, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, J.D. Silva, and tonight, I'm joined by Jacob Niffin. What's up? Jacob, Thunder went to the West Coast tonight, played a game in Portland, so uh, starting up the stream a little bit late tonight. Thunder scraped by with a win against a depleted Portland Trailblazer squad, uh, depleted from injury, from trade, and the Thunder ultimately win 96-93 to after Anthony Simons misses a shot at the buzzer. It's a good look at the buzzer, too. Good, really good look. We're just rimmed out. Um, really Two, tough. You know what is kind of ironic is last night the Thunder needed the Clippers to lose against the Lakers. Um, and the Clippers had, or sorry, the Lakers had a game winning shot rim out at the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Then the Clippers and the Portland Trailblazers made a trade. And then tonight, it's hard to say the, thun- the, the this Thunder team needed to lose, but for the long term health of this franchise, they need yeah. better lottery odds, which means losses. And Portland wins on a, or sorry, Portland loses on a rattled out shot. So, Two shots really have affected um, the Thunder's draft positioning uh, over the past two nights. Kind of ironic. Did the Clippers orchestrate the entire thing? They may have. Did they? They could have waited a day to make that trade. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, I hear you. So let's go over some highlights of tonight's game. It, it is it is both sad and exciting that the Thunder won tonight. The Thunder have now won three games in a row without. Shake this Alexander, uh, their best player. So, yeah, t- tra- hashtag trade Shay. Hashtag tr- hashtag Shay is the problem. Hashtag Giddy's gonna be an all star first. <laughs> Man, um, no Silva. I I think to me the difference in this game tonight was the bench. Mm-hmm. OKC played a nine man rotation. Uh, Thunder were out some guys because of injury as well. Thunder and right lower legs uh, apparently do not go well together. Shea, right ankle sprain. 
Wiggins, right ankle sprain. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, right toe fracture. Mm-hmm. Um, it's everybody's right foot that's messed up. But if you look at the Thunder bench tonight, four guys played. Uh, really, if you think about it, three guys played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because Teo Maladon is not good. He's bad. Really bad. Um, of those four guys, they scored a total of 33 bench points. And they shot, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. They made seven threes out of eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, out of 15 tries, almost 50% from three for the Thunder Bench. Um, every Thunder Bench player was a positive in the in the box, plus minus, minus Kenrich Williams, who's a minus two. Mm-hmm. Then you look at Portland's bench. They played four guys off the bench. They scored a total of 21 uh, so 11 less than OKC's bench, and they shot a combined zero of eight from three. Yeah, there's the Thunder, your difference. Yeah, the, the Thunder had six guys in double digits tonight, and like you were just saying, three of those were off. Three of those off our bench. Yeah, really That's shared the wealth. Huge. Really shared the wealth. Uh, another stat that really jumps out: the three point percentage tonight. Uh, Thunder 15 of 42 for 36 percent. Blazers six of thirty-three for eighteen percent. That'll do it. That'll do it. And it's it's there's a big game tomorrow night. Also, um, some some someone that a huge difference tonight was Lou Dort, who finished with twenty-two seven and two, made four threes. Um, I think he's made a ton of threes just the last two games. He's been a big reason why they've won the last two games. Mm-hmm. He took a hard fall, and I think it was late in the third. Yeah, I believe that is correct. And a huge game coming up tomorrow against the Sacramento Kings, which from a tanking point of view, Thunder need to lose. Very much so. The Sacramento Kings are right there with the Thunder. Uh, OKC better hope that, again, for the long-term health of the franchise, right. they need to lose against the Kings. They can't let the Kings drop below them in the standings and have to hope that the Kings make a win-now move uh, in the next five days. Yeah, which, you know, reading things today, uh, Harrison Barnes is the name that keeps coming up that they're trying mm-hmm. to move. Not not anyone else, not Buddy Heald, not Fox. Well, I'm sure a lot of those guys have been discussed, but. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we we got a lot of trade talk. We'll get there in a second. Of course, of course. Uh, let's talk about some other highlights. Mom, I thought Mamadi Diakite had a pretty nice game. He was 12-7-2 uh, and two tonight. He had personal fouls, but um, had some pretty nice finishes around the rim, like, you know, played played his role, played the role of a smaller center. Got to play with his old college teammate Ty Jerome tonight. Um, what do you think of Diakite? The stat that jumps out to me about him tonight, Silva, is the three blocks. Um, he was I, I use this very lightly. He looked in that fourth quarter Ibaka like. I mean, he was flying trying to block everything. Uh he had a, I think wasn't an Anthony Simons or CJ McCollum drive there kind of late in the fourth that he like blocked with his damn elbow. Um, He, he's nowhere near the level of even current Ibaka, uh, much less OKC era Serge Ibaka. Uh, But he has that same style of game um, minus the, the jump shot. He did take two threes tonight, missed them both. A little off topic from Diakite. His first three tonight was a corner three off 
maybe the most absurd giddy pass yet. Uh, like giddy cut, caught a pass underneath the rim and was looking at the rim like he was going to lay it up and like touch passed it from underneath the rim to the opposite corner on a freaking string. Just absurd. I think that's we'll, when we'll, Michael we'll Cage... Talk about, we'll talk about Josh in a second. But yeah, I, I think uh, Diakite got 30 minutes tonight. Um, you know, he's on that 10-day deal. I, if he didn't get injured at the beginning of the season during training camp, I think he would have got the final uh, guaranteed roster spot. Mm-hmm. He's been just fine. Um, I, I think they like kind of getting a look at what he is and what he does. It's kind of interesting when you look at this team and, and who they're playing, they're trying out a whole lot of different types of guys at center. And I wonder if it's almost, I mean, A, that's just what they have. So that's what they have to run with. But B, trying out guys that have different sets of skills to see what type of, what what prototype type of center fits with this Thunder team. Yeah, like do you, do you want a, a drop defender? Do you want a do you want a guy that can just catch lobs all the time? Do you want a guy that's more of a post scorer? Do you want a three point shooter? And the Thunder have had a little bit of a little bit of everything mm-hmm. between all I, between all their guys. Yeah, so it's very fascinating. I think you should go get Chet Holmgren, but uh, you know I'm kind of getting bought in on the whole Chet Holmgren <laughs> I, thing. I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, thought Dia, I thought Diakite played fine tonight. Um, I think maybe he looked a little bit like if Diakite plays tomorrow against Rashawn Holmes. I think it will look very different. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted it late tonight, Silva. Did Yosef Nurkic even want to play a basketball game tonight? Oh, I don't think so. I think I, I, did, I mean, there was a play there late in the fourth when they were making their comeback where Anthony Simons drove and dropped like a really pretty pass uh, to Nurkic, who like didn't even put his hands up to catch it. Yeah, like the dude looks, just looked completely like he disinterested. Hates, he hates playing. He, and I remember when the Blazers were eliminated last season, Nurkic said in his uh, like end of season comments, like he wasn't even sure if he wanted to come back because he wanted to wanted to win, didn't know where the team was going to go. And then he decided he stayed, hasn't been traded or anything, and, and now he just is entirely unhappy. And the and the Blazers are plummeting. So uh, shout out to Yusuf Nurkic. I wonder if he's next on the block for them. Could be. Could be. Uh, Josh Giddy, we can talk about him. 16, uh, yes, seven, and three. Michael Cage, after he made that pass you talked about to Diakite, Michael Cage said, Josh Giddy has evil eyes. <laughs> Did um, you say evil eyes or I, eagle eyes? I, I heard evil. <laughs> eagle would make a lot more sense. <laughs> also, speaking of Michael Cage, um, our guy Nick Gallo get the got the chance to be on the call tonight mm-hmm. for the OKC Thunder as... Um, uh, Matt Pinto went back to the radio broadcast and I believe they are getting Chris Fisher back tomorrow night, um, yeah. from a, uh, apparently he was fine, but a long COVID absence. Mm-hmm. So Chris Fisher will be back tomorrow. So good for Chris. Um, but I thought it was awesome that, uh, that our guy, Nick Gallo got the chance to call the game tonight. That had been a really, really special. I imagine for him, very nerve wracking, yes. uh, but a really cool opportunity for Nick. I like that. Some like pretty fun chemistry i thought just kind of joking with each other mm-hmm. it was it was fun cage is just cage is just kind of a goofy guy so uh gallo was able to play off that um but yeah so josh 16 7 3 a steal mm-hmm. um nba stats hasn't updated yet the three assists feels like it does not tell even the beginning of the story of the no. passing game josh had again no 
so, so he makes legitimate like insane the, one of the only other guys in the nba that makes passes like he does is like a like Jokic. Jokic is the guy who makes passes that make you like think what the heck just happened like what did, what did i just watch i need to replay that i need to see the replay and you don't understand what mm-hmm. happened until you watch it um dude he's so exciting it's it's impressive and late in the game uh another pass that probably should have been an assist just another insane inbound this time to mike muscala who caught it and had to lay it but just couldn't control the pass mike had a had a good little laugh about it afterwards um no hyperbole, no like facetiousness to this at all. I am being very, very serious when I say I think he is the best inbound passer in the league at halfway through his rookie season, a 19-year-old kid. The way that he, I mean, I thought his quote the other night, Silva, was incredible uh, against Dallas when he said, well, we drew up a play and I completely disregarded it uh, and motioned with my eyes for, for Kenrich to cut because Luca was face guarding him. He got another one of those looks tonight and just, I mean, Royce Young did that big piece where he talked about the art of the pass with Josh Giddy. Josh said he watches um, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Y- you can, you can see the influence. You can I see the influence. He just, it's incredible. Dude's a five-star quarterback. It is incredible. Like he's he's throwing those inbound passes to a spot, not to a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's leading guys on the break. It's just Silva in like three months when this season is over, and we get that Josh Giddy um, passing highlight from his rookie season. Yeah, like they're gonna have to slap an NSFW on that thing. <laughs> It's be a, it's insane, be. and it's gonna be like a fifteen minute highlight reel, a mildly erotic highlight video, dude. It's it's incredible how good of a passer this kid is, and we haven't even touched on the scoring tonight. Seven of fifteen from the field, nearly fifty percent, sixteen points, two of six from three. I mean, if if he hits one more three and goes three of six, fifty percent from three, over fifty percent from the field, and mm-hmm. has nineteen seven and three, I mean. That completely changes the narrative. He's a willing shooter. I think the jump shot will come around, especially because of how smooth the touch is on the floater at the basket and how nice the, the midi pull-up looks. It looks great. That's what gives me hope. Yeah, those are all those things tell me he's going to translate to an at least league average shooter. And if that is the case... If he can become league average shooter coming off of a pick where people go under the screen, it's over. Yeah. I think uh, work on his shooting, work on his handle probably a little bit, but he has so much other stuff. Like he passes, he passes guys open. The pass is what makes the guy be open. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I, I forget, I heard someone else talking about this recently, but it's not like Russell Westbrook where he just goes on a tear and people have to collapse because of his sheer athleticism. And then it's a very simple pass to a guy standing wide open to catch and shoot. Like Giddy's passes get the guys open. Giddy's not going to break you down off the dribble and make the defense collapse like Russell Westbrook would in his prime, giving you visions of effing terror coming down the lane. Um, Giddy is that the the IQ and the skill is at such a high level at 19 years old. Like I don't think people understand this. Giddy is going to play for OKC 
the rest of this season, three more seasons, sign an extension, play another season, and that year he will be Shea Gilgis-Alexander's age right now. That is absurd. And also, as someone that is a bit insecure about the idea of trading Shea, like if if we have to kick the can further down the road and you know Shea kind of ages out of our, our young course timeline, that what I'm seeing from Giddy does help me feel more secure if that were to ever happen. I don't think it's going to, uh, but wow. I mean, I've tried to be very tempered, very hesitant with all of these rookies. This, this sophomore slump is real. We're mm-hmm. going to see that happen a little bit next season, but also you're going to see growth in certain aspects of his game. I mean, when Shea was in the lineup, you have to think Josh Giddy is second on the scouting report for this Thunder team. At oh, worst, yeah. third, mm-hmm. right? And he's still doing this type of stuff. Like, I just, I, I, you mentioned the All Star stuff earlier. Like, it's not a total. It wasn't. A, it's like a half joke, you know. Like he could be an All Star before he's off his rookie scale deal. I think it's a legit possibility. Yeah, and there's there's you know there's some older forwards uh in the west like he But here's the thing is you, he'll he'll be one of those guys on the all-star ballot that can be like a forward or a guard. Right. You know? He has like the Luca thing going on where he can move mm-hmm. up or down. All right, let's yeah. move let, let's talk a little bit about Lou Dort. Uh we mm-hmm. mentioned him earlier about 23, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, a block. Uh 7 of 15 from uh yeah, 7 of 15 from the field. He and Giddy match that. Um, Lou four of eight from three and five of eight from the free throw line. He's been on an offensive tear. I think a lot of people were questioning the fit of Lou and Shay and, uh, giddy together. Yes. Dort has been handling the ball a lot more attacking the basket a lot more, but he's just showing that he's become just a really good offensive basketball player. Yeah, last uh, last five games, he, here are his point totals. 22, 30, 18, 27, 16. That's Im- impressive. And, like, I don't know what his um, – I can try to pull it up here. But, like, what his field goal percentage is uh, over, like, the last month. Yeah. But it feels like it's been, like, Much really, higher. really good. He, I, I felt like he was kind of regressing a bit as a three-point shooter uh, leading, like, through the new year. But over the last – couple weeks few weeks i feel like he's his averages are gonna sink back to what we thought they were going to be earlier on in this season it's odd that it's happening when shea is out um i mean yeah i agree with that to an extent um i think just some of the lineups they've played have allowed for more spacing though as well Mm -hmm. uh so i think that maybe has a little bit of something to do with it uh when you look at field goal percentage um Lugans Dort only at 43% since January 1st. Mm-hmm. Um however since January 1st he is also at 39.6% from 3. Super good. I would love to see the the Giddy and Dort stats like how many how many passes does Dort get from Giddy directly and how does Dort perform off of those passes? I would I would like to see That'd be yeah. that'd be interesting. That'd be fascinating. Um, I'm not sure where you dig those stats up at, but yeah. Um, I um, mean, that- he, he's he's just in this three game win streak. He has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, he has played great, and I think it's um, 
I don't know. We'll we'll see what the long-term prognosis of what Lou is with this team. I think the first answer, I don't expect him to get traded this week by any means. No. But I think that's the first answer. I think the next answer is, does he take that extension in March? Uh, we'll find that out over the next month and a half. Um, and then after that, do they make him a restricted free agent over the summer or do they go into that, that last season with him where he will become an unrestricted free agent? That part becomes interesting as well. Um, but he's, he's certainly proving his worth and proving his value right now. Yeah. It, um, a guy that went off, uh, in the last game, Trey Mann had a, a colder night tonight, uh, nine points on four of 17. I liked that he was still taking the shots though. Mm-hmm. 17 shots the most on the team. I love that he was aggressive with the shots. Uh, three rebounds, one steal. I thought he played just fine defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no, I mean, th- there wasn't ever a moment where I was like, oh man, just does not look good tonight. I thought the shots were good. They just didn't go in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And he's going to have, he's, he's young. He's going to have nights like that. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not worried. This about is, it. I'm happy to see it. This is what we call a regression to the means. Yes. He was right. He shot six of eight from three against Dallas. One of nine tonight would put him at seven of 17 over the past two nights. Like those are incredible averages, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a Jekyll and Hyde moment. Um, I you shouldn't expect more from a rookie who's only played 30 games and had a G League stint. Um, I mean, this is typically what rookies do is they're inconsistent. Uh Josh Giddy being the exception to the rule. Yeah. Did when did Trey turn did he turn 21 yesterday? Uh 
Yes, the off the off day between the Dallas game and that this could game. explain his shooting night. Hey, hey, um, more, power, more power to him. So I know after the Dallas game, they were not able to fly out to Portland, so they might have not have got to Portland until yesterday. Yeah, but uh, man made a may have had a, a a little bit in him. Also, Trey <laughs> Man, I believe, has a, a handful of new tattoos that look very very fresh and are probably really? very sore. Um, right next to the hundred emoji. I think he's got something new up on his chest. Looked very red tonight, very mm. irritated. Like he has been tattooed in the past few days. So got a birthday tat. There you go. Um, so, so last thing that I want to talk about, uh, and it makes me a bit sad. It's about CJ McCollum. Okay. He looks, he looks pretty bad. He, nine of 24 is not very efficient. One of nine from three is real bad, real bad. And he is making $30 million. And he will be making thirty three and thirty five million dollars the next uh, through twenty twenty four. Yep. Um, How do you trade him without attaching an asset? Is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that, is, I think that contract's crazy. a little too inflated. That's going to be pretty difficult. Um, honestly, so when we can let this transition us mm-hmm. after the move that Portland made today to shed some money, I don't think they have to trade CJ. I don't I think you hang I, I on to so it either. I think it works out for them that way. CJ's not going to win them games, clearly. So Yeah, I, I think you out. hang on to him, and you have three guards and Dame, Simons, and, and CJ. Uh, and, and I think the move today allows them to not have to move CJ. They could move others if they want it. Yeah, and let's let's go through that, that move really quick. Uh, so today, the Trailblazers traded Norman Powell and Robert Covington. Uh, to the Los Angeles Clippers for a future second-round pick, Justice Winslow, Eric Bledsoe, and Keon Johnson, who was a late first, early second? Yes. This early year. on in the year was projected very high, but yes, very polarizing prospect in Keon Johnson. Thunder fans probably m- remember a lot about him from the, the lead-up to the draft last year. Mm-hmm. Crazy athlete, like crazier coming out of college than Diallo athlete probably, which is incredibly impressive. Um, but also just like Diallo, just a very glaring lack of basketball skill. Mm-hmm. Is he like a, is he like a Derek Jones junior type, but smaller? Yeah. I, I actually think Diallo is probably a really good comp for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, we've seen what Diallo's done in the league, you know, like yeah. he's fine, but he's, um, yeah, I, the overall sentiment from this trade, Silva, is what the hell, Portland, and oh my God, look at what the Clippers did. Um, yeah. And and that's generally where I fall. I mean, Portland traded Gary Trent Jr. to get Norman Powell and then signed him to a big extension. Yep. They traded two first-round picks to get Robert Covington, and now they traded both of those guys for a Detroit 2025 second Keon Johnson, which maybe they're high on Keon Johnson. I don't know. Um, Justice Winslow, who is like just not that great. I think you and I were both real high on Justice Winslow over yeah. the years. Just hasn't yeah. panned out. Not that great. I mean, he's just fine. A just a contract. At this yeah. Point. And Eric Bledsoe, who is on only on a partial guarantee next year that they're going to let him go. Yeah. It seemed like Portland made this, Solely for getting under the cap, and I think that's fair. And the I return just, on I, investment is not good at all, though. No, no, I really, I, I was gonna say, well, it seems like the Clippers are pushing their chips in, but like, what chips 
did they actually have to push in to make this make yeah. this move? I agree. I agree. Fringe I mean, they, they still have Terrence Mann. They still have BJ Boston. They still have Amir Coffey. Yeah. Um, and they get two like useful players, useful mm-hmm. rotation players. Yeah. Uh, I think this trade that that trade was a double whammy for Oklahoma City. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Clippers. I I think it is impossible to argue that the Clippers got worse and the Clippers got better um, this season. And Norman Powell's on contract for a while. So it helps them out a lot next season as well. And it made the Portland Trailblazers worse. Now, again, we have six days, five days till the deadline. So we'll see if Portland has any subsequent moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it very much introduces Portland back into um, the tank. Portland currently 21 and 32, uh, Oklahoma City 17 and 34. Um, so only three games ahead of Portland after tonight uh, and hold the tiebreaker. Portland has lost four straight. Um, so it is, it is very much kind of right there in the, in the running. I, I, I think, yeah, this was definitely a double whammy for OKC. And, um, we talked about some of the things that the Thunder can do to lose games, Silva. And I think they have what, seven games between now and the all-star break. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised, depending on what happens at the trade deadline, if the Thunder do some shit at the All-Star break to change some stuff up. Some shit like Mike Muscala doesn't play anymore. And Ken Rich Williams plays half the games for the rest of the season. And Shea and Lou get a lot of rest. And we get um, a whole lot of roster exploration where we see Teo playing a lot. And we see Trey playing a lot. And we see um, Poku playing a lot. And... (laughs) Yeah, who et cetera, et cetera. recorded zero minutes tonight. So yeah, maybe maybe the latter half of the season is just Poku time, just like it was, just like it was last year. Yeah, um, that wouldn't surprise me. Now, there's been a lot of reports out that the Thunder um, would not have like pulled the plug last year if Shea had not gotten hurt. Uh, they were planning on writing everything out, writing everything out until Shea got hurt. I don't know. Like that seems kind of counterintuitive to your goals. It does. Um, but is that, especially is that more of like a PR. It thing? definitely, it definitely could be. Um, especially after that trade today, if that Clippers pick starts to really trend in the wrong direction, um, like you really need to make sure that you have your best odds possible going into draft night or t- going into lottery night. Yeah, otherwise, Indiana, I think Sacramento is going to try and win more games. But Indiana, I assume they're going to try and trade their good players away. So they're the threat. That that, that could push OKC into the five spot, in, into the fifth best odds. Yeah, and you just, you, you can't have that. You no. cannot have that. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's getting to the point now where I feel like I mean, Orlando's won four of their last six, but they only have 12 wins. Detroit has 12 wins. Oklahoma has 17. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't feel like they can make up five games on those teams. Um, uh-uh. Houston, maybe, but it's, we're getting to the point where it feels like Oklahoma City has to to do some stuff. Um, I don't think anyone imagined Shea Gilgis Alexander going down, Jeremiah Robinson Earl going down, Aaron Wiggins going down, and the Thunder winning three straight games. No, how many are left? 28, 30, something like that. Yeah. And let's yeah. look real quick at 
the remaining games between now and the deadline or sorry, not the deadline, but the, the all-star break. Um, see, like I feel pretty good about this. They have Sacramento um, on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That's the second night of a back-to-back. Maybe they lose. Then they have Golden State. That one, I feel pretty confident in a loss. Yeah. Toronto. They've been balling recently. They feel pretty good about a loss. At Philly. Yeah. Gotta like win. I, they could have James Harden on their team. <laughs> who's gonna guard Joel Embiid from? I mean, I mean, Diakite. He's fouling out in ten minutes. God, Diakite is gonna give up like sixty. Yeah. Uh, and then the second night of a back-to-back at Chicago, who has mm-hmm. Zach back. Um, and then they go to New York, who's an absolute dumpster fire. But maybe New yeah. York makes a move at the deadline. They are, and then they the play shooting. the Spurs. Yep. And then Phoenix. Yeah. So well, and that that takes them up to the to the All Star break. Yes. Yes. Um, I I feel pretty confident that I mean, going four and six in those in those ten games that Shea is going to miss feels like not a good thing considering what this team wants to do. But yeah. I feel like they could go, um, one and six in these last seven. I, I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to look at just out of curiosity what Houston has coming up. Uh, they have their next two games are new Orleans and new Orleans. No, oh, interesting. Yeah. Herb Jones it, played really well tonight for new Orleans. Mm-hmm. They went up and, uh, uh, Jackson Hayes, thunder fan favorite. Jackson Hayes had a really good night for new Orleans. As he well was like a hundred percent from the field. Something like that. Jeez. Yeah. Jared, you see Jared Allen's line tonight. It was like 26 and 22. Yeah. What a monster. What a monster. Uh, and then you want Kevin, to talk about Kevin the, Love uh, was in his face yelling, you're an you're effing all-star. all-star, Yeah, which is awesome. I guess um, he, could, he could get into the All-Star game, right? But if there was like an injury. Yeah, because they got to replace Kevin Durant. Yeah, KD. Mm. Um, speaking of good, we've talked about a, a handful of good um, player quotes. Mm-hmm. Maybe player quote of the year so far. John Morant a couple of nights ago saying, um, we go up the chimney. We don't run from no smoke. Yeah. Incredible they, they are so quote. Much fun. Incredible quote. There's so much jaw fun. quotes and Anthony Edwards quotes. I Anthony Edwards Anthony Edwards is probably one of my favorite players at this point. Anthony Edwards gives me Dion Waiters vibes, and mm-hmm. I love it. Dude was ordering McDonald's to go during yeah. the the post game media availability. Just absolutely incredible. He is the player that Dion in in Dion's head. Dion was one. <laughs> That's so true. They got the same build too. They do. God, I'd go to war. You want to talk about the Nets stuff real quick before we head out? Sure, sure. We'll dive into a ton of trade stuff on Sunday as well. So those of you listening to the show, uh, make sure to tune in Sunday, 9 p.m. for the live stream. We'll do a ton of trade stuff. Uh, Before we jump in the Nets stuff, Silva, uh, real quick, are you doing the live stream with me on Thursday for deadline day? So here's my plan. You playing a little little work hooky? So what what time of day is the deadline you said? Uh, the buzzer sounds at 2 p.m. Central Time. Okay, some I get an hour for lunch, and I work from home. Hey, one to two, buddy. Let's do it. Exactly, that's what I'm thinking. I'm just gonna. Or let's do like 1:30 to 2:30. That way, we can do a yeah. post post deadline pod. Something like that. Yeah, I'd be more than willing to to do that for sure. So that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm into it. Let's do it. Okay, let's. Uh, you can go ahead and jump into the net stuff a little bit, and and we can talk about that for a second. Yeah, so today Sham Sharania tweeted that <clears throat> tweeted and, and wrote a story about how the the Nets were willing to discuss a trade 
trading James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers. Previously, we thought that that those discussions would not happen until the summer uh, for various reasons. But uh, apparently, there's a real chance uh, that, I mean, discussions are going to happen. I also listened to uh, the Ringer Green Room session today, and uh, Kevin O'Connor said that, gun to his head, is James Harden going to be a sixer by the trade deadline? And he said yes, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Pretty um, interesting. It, it seems like this recent stretch with Brooklyn mm-hmm. uh, losing all these games. They're like two and seven. Yeah, they've been bad. I think they've lost six straight. Let me Mm -hmm. look at that. Yeah, KD's Um, been out. Kyrie can only play away games unless it's in Toronto. Yeah, Uh, Brooklyn is two and eight in their last 10, and they've lost seven straight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, KD out. Kyrie won't get the vax. Um, It's really screwing over their team. James Harden seems very upset. Um, Wasn't even on the bench tonight. He's out with hamstring soreness, but wasn't even on the bench tonight. Yep. Uh, for their loss in Utah, they lost by like twenty-five. Yeah. Um, just really bad stuff. Really um, bad vibe coming from the Nets. So therefore, mm-hmm. they should trade for Ben Simmons. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think Philly would have to add some stuff. I agree. Uh, to 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 get James Harden, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons plus something. Yeah. But it's still. Uh, Still pretty fascinating. Actually, uh, give me your thoughts on it while I look something up real quick. Yeah, I am really not that high on James Harden at this point in his career. I don't think he's going to age well. Um, for He never comes into the season fully in shape, I don't think. And just the, the style that he plays, the ways the – I mean, the, the rule change has impacted him a bit this year. I don't, I don't think I'd be trading a ton to get shape. Like, it, for example, if the if – the, Nets ask for Harden, Maxi, and Tybal. Probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't want to do that if I were if I were Philly. I don't. I don't know if I. I would covet Harden that level if you're if you're losing uh, Maxi and and Tybal in addition to Ben Simmons, who's not even there right now. So yeah. So uh, I was looking up Philly's um, pick situation moving forward. Mm-hmm. They only have one outstanding first round pick that's going to Oklahoma city as part of that Al Horford trade. That is a 2025 pick, um, but it does have protections on it. So they really can't trade anything. Um, they can't trade their 2025 pick cause that belongs to OKC. They can't trade their 2026 pick um, because of the steppy and roll. They can't trade their 2027 pick because if the pick in 2025 doesn't convey to OKC, um, then the Thunder get it in 2026, and that would make this um, them not able to trade their 2027 pick because they can't trade picks in back-to-back years. Yeah. Also couldn't trade their 2028 pick. So they can't trade really any pick outside of – or after 2025, but they could trade this season or next season, 2022 or 2023 in that deal. Um, we know – Brooklyn, uh, their cupboard of assets is bare after everything they gave up to get James Harden. Uh, so maybe they're looking to recoup um, some draft picks. That can mm-hmm. definitely be a thing. Uh, do you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, um, Danny Green, and a 2023 um, Philly pick? Uh, this year's Philly pick? Um, 
that can make some sense somewhere along the line there. It's going to be fascinating. I think Ben Simmons is a really good player. Me too. Um, it's just, it's going to be fascinating to see if that actually comes to fruition. I think if you put truth serum in, um, in that Philly front office and you ask them what player do they want for Ben? I think the answer is Dame or Harden. Um, just the, the relationship with Harden in that front office, I think, uh, is a massive, massive player in all of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't even think that they would put Beal in that conversation if you put truth serum in him. I think it's like Dame or Harden, and that's it. Yeah, I agree. Especially with the year that Beal has had and all the money that he's about to be owed. I don't definitely I don't think that works out. I actually like, I like the idea for the Nets as a way to get younger mm-hmm. and to get off a lot of money that they're potentially going to have to pay James Harden. Yeah, and to get more assets if Kyrie, you know, I don't even know retires. Leads in free agency, whatever. Yeah. I, I I like the idea yeah. of the Nets just acquiring assets. Would they be one of the most disliked teams in the NBA or the most disliked team in the NBA after acquiring Ben Simmons, who's been ghosting his own franchise all season? Yes. Hey, and I've talked about this a lot, though. Ben Simmons on that team as your center. Oh, yeah, it's good. Really As good. your role man, playmaking center, mm-hmm. who's big enough to guard guys. God, imagine them trading Ben to Brooklyn. Brooklyn buying in because Brooklyn doesn't really have a have a really good big. No. Um, them buying into playing Ben at the five full time, and then the first round of the playoffs is like three six Philly versus Brooklyn. <laughs> And Ben Simmons has to guard Joel Embiid for like six games. That would be hilarious. And... That would be must-watch television. <laughs> oh, God. The amount of trash Joel Embiid would it talk would, would just be incredible. So, so good. That oh, my not, goodness. That Actually, for that alone, I think I want this to happen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Yeah, so I'm sure more from, from this story will come out in the coming days leading up to the trade deadline. It's only five days away at this point, the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and speaking on that, we might have a post game uh, after the Sacramento game Saturday night. Uh, we don't know if we have anyone to take that one yet. Uh, we will definitely be with you guys Sunday. Um, that is February 6th for our weekly show Monday, February 7th uh, after the golden state game Wednesday, February 9th after the Toronto game. So a lot of st- time for us to talk trade rumors over the next week. And then obviously uh, Silva, I, and then whoever else will hop on from our show, uh, carrying you guys through the trade deadline on Thursday from 1 to 2 p.m. Central time. So we've got you covered with the NBA trade deadline. That'll be a ton of fun. All right. I think it's time to get out of here, Silva. Time to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening to tonight's show whether it be live or on your favorite podcast platform. We look forward to seeing you next time, either after the Sacramento game or our Sunday show. Uh, thanks so much for listening. The Thunder are... Uh, they need to lose, guys. They need to lose. No more winning. I'm tired of it. I need Chet Holmgren. I need Jabari Smith. And I need Paolo Bancaro on this team. All right. We're out of here. Thunder up, everybody.